one guy that I repair phones for is making, I think, 400 a month right now. So this makes sense if you're the guy working at AT&T and you're like, you know, I could hook you up here, talk to me after work, and then you're just hustling. Sl- now, just slinging phones. Slinging I didn't read Please. <laughs> This is episode 53 of Yats. It's yet another tech show every Wednesday night. You know the routine right here. Yet another tech show.com slash live. Join us if you will. My name is Matt Lee. Joining me tonight, all of these people. Look at this. Aunt Pruitt, what's up, Aunt? Hey, what's going on, Matt? Chris Miller, what's up, Chris? Good evening, everyone. Larry Press, what's up, Larry? Howdy, guys. Good to see you. Mike Rothman, what's up, Mike? Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Richard, hey. How you doing, Richard? Capital. Or should I say, hey, Richard? <laughs> All right. Uh, it is another great week of tech stuff. Uh, we should start things out. We've been talking about, like, Windows 8 and stuff, and uh, a few of us, I know, Mike, you've been playing with it. Larry, Chris, maybe we've all been playing with it now, except for me. I finally got a little Windows 8 love here. This Very is nice. the Asus Q200E. Uh, it's a cheap... Yes. It's netbook-ish. It weighs as much as my old chembook used to. It's like three pounds, i3 in it. And the cool thing is it's actually useful for uh, Windows 8 because it's touchscreen. A couple beefs, I just want to say, and I don't know, maybe like everybody. The build quality, by the way, on the Asus, fantastic. I like Isn't the metal. Usually? I like the metal. Didn't... didn't I'll just say that, like, I I got that for my girlfriend for her dog training thing so she could have something to take back and forth to work that, that could access all of the cloud stuff. Uh, so she set it up with all her account yeah, and everything. I, and I, I've, I've done that. I'll get it for my wife routine, too. Right, yeah. And so we're looking. <laughs> I couldn't find. Maybe it's just me, but we're looking for the place to remove the password so that you can just open it up and it seems like it wants you to have a password on here so okay fine whatever i go to make my account on there and microsoft is like i i had to fill out a captcha have you ever had to like do a captcha to 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 make an account on your operating system like it's like microsoft is like i need to make sure you're not a bot in the front of this freaking computer here like seriously that that just seems stupid and then it really wanted you it wanted like two forms of this ID or whatever, and then it makes you do security questions. I'm like, I don't want any of that. Just make a stupid account on here. Like when you do one for Android or whatever, if you make separate user accounts, it's so easy. And it's like, what's your name? Okay, boom, account. Not like, where's a CAPTCHA and do this puzzle and give me some multiplication problem. It's I don't know. That seemed very. I don't remember doing any of that stuff on mine, man. Really? Again, I don't have. I don't have a password. I should have. I should have waited. You? When it asked for the captcha, I should have been like, "Okay, we're gonna do this on Yats because this is ridiculous." You, you, you know what that's about? Is it's when you set that up online. If you don't already have a uh, Microsoft Live maybe account, that's why. Because yeah, we're all Google. Yeah. Email and. Oh, SkyDrive and oh, yeah. all sorts of web services for you at the same time. Okay. If you don't First, already have it. Yeah, you weren't just doing the, the laptop. You were doing your whole web. Your whole, uh, but I, I just wanted an account, my own account on the laptop so that I didn't have to type in her password. I just wanted my own. I didn't want SkyDrive. I don't want any of that. I just wanted there, there a user. Actually, you see, you turned left when you should have turned right. It, well, it seemed like a convergence of the user OS and all of this yeah. other service that they're offering when I just wanted user With OS. Windows 8, there actually is a way to set up what's called a local account that doesn't have oh. all of this, all of the SkyDrive Outlook integration. Well, that would have been good to know. Yeah, but it, it's sort of hidden. 
You yeah. know, that's it isn't what they want you to do. Sure. Right. Ideally, you need all of these great services we have. And then, hey, our buddy Asus, who made the great device, hey, they have some services we'd like you to get into. So just uh, give yeah. us your email address. No. Here, we got some crapware for you, little boy. Yeah, let me, just let a little me, bit. Let me, <laughs> let me show you. And I don't know. I've, I haven't bought a brand new like device unless it was an Android thing, like an actual PC thing in quite a while. So I don't know what the status of crapware and bloatware has gotten to these days. I know back in the day we'd always have to rip out a few things here and there, but this seemed like it, it, it it's there's there's some stuff on there. And yeah, that's I don't know. deep OS design. It, the more I use it, it I, I kind of like it. I like it with the touch screen, though, because I, I am finding that I'm touching it a lot, like to, to scroll or swipe or activate or whatever. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I think I would be so frustrated if my first Windows 8 experience was on a non-touch screen. Yeah. I think well, that would be it, so aggravating. What's the list price for that device these days? Under five. I think yeah. I saw here on Amazon they have it for 463 So, yeah. And is it an SSD or a hard drive? A uh, hard drive, 500 gig, yeah. 4 gigs of RAM, i4, uh, or i314. Gigahertz. And I bet it's pretty snappy. It actually is. I mean, compared yeah. to a lot of the, the older legacy tech we have here, like it, it's pretty snappy for sure. I mean, he's comparing it to an NT machine. Yeah, yeah I mean, we got Windows 98 <laughs> SE humming back here running the Yat hey, server. Gentlemen, before we go on too, too long tonight, I, I just have to raz you a little bit. You know, I, okay, so I, I missed last week's show. And first off, you're going to have just about anybody fill in for me. You know? <laughs> it was easy. It was so easy to do. What was that? All about? We're very promiscuous then, at this point. Anyone that and, wants yeah. to be on the show, like, just come on in. <laughs> and then you start prank calling. <laughs> what, what is this with calling? That was actually Mike man. we called. It was actually Mike on the other end, like, who is this? <laughs> Mr. Wozniak. Yeah, that. I, the more I listened back to that, the more I was like, "You're such an idiot. You should have like engaged him, not just was like, oh my god, Mr. Well.' Oh, d- d-. Like I, oh, yeah. I kind of wanted to kick myself listening back to that, but nerdgasm. I, I know. I <laughs> it was a nerdgasm. Anyone yeah. who has not heard Yats Fifty Two, you've got a treat in store for you. <laughs> yeah. Who, who, who are we going to prank dial tonight? Hey, Richard, hey, do you happen to have Larry Page's cell phone number? Can you forward no, Can you forward no, a... I have no knowledge of this. Awesome. I was just asking, Richard. I understand. It's fair. Fair question. I don't know. <laughs> fair answer, Richard. That's a fair answer. <laughs> so, all right. Um, and I guess what we're kind of talking about tablets and touch and, and whatnot. We talked a little bit about this on AOTA last night that the BlackBerry chief coming out and saying tablets, not just ours here at BlackBerry, not just ours, but all tablets will be dead in five years. What do we think? How many tablets are you surrounded by? How many <laughs> tablets can you just within arm's reach of you? I got one, two. And a half, if you count this Asus thing, <laughs> like, really? Well, he would say that. I mean, he's losing. That's just because. Right and I made this joke last <laughs> night, but just because it took them five years to get their tablet out doesn't mean in five more years they're all going to be dead. Like, come on, I like tablets. You no, know, I, I, I sort of get what he was saying, but he's still wrong because a tablet in the workspace, in my opinion, is not necessary, and it's not um. Not the most efficient. No, it's more post some PC mobile CRM. It strikes me as a consumption device. Yeah, it is. And you know who loves tablets is little kids. Yeah, I, I love yeah. tablets. They're just all over. Them. I do Are some production. Kid, like, don't you produce anything on your tablet? Like, I do some light word pressing and and document typing. I would do more if I had the keyboard dock for this Nexus Ten for sure. But I don't know. For me, you can um, produce. I've I found myself here in the last couple of weeks using it more for note taking at work um, because the Nexus Seven it it just sits it fits in my pockets very easily and I have several different meetings or conference calls or what have you and instead of taking a pad I just take my tablet with me and it syncs to the cloud and I just swipe away any little chicken scratch notes that I need to swipe away and it's been so, really convenient. Let me let me ask a 
a hypothetical question. Do you think that his statement, which more than likely was directly on but taken out of context, is more that the phablet will become the consumption device, the phone tablet model? We won't have a separate tablet. The phone will get bigger, meaning we need this smaller. Think about it now. The I have numerous friends that the i the iPad 7-inch is the only thing they carry now. They've totally gotten rid of the larger iPad. They've mm-hmm. moved to a smaller device. So he's mm-hmm. saying, if I can build a great smaller device, you won't need a tablet anymore. You'll be at, a, I say, a phablet mode, you know, a little bit mm-hmm. larger. Even That sounds mode. reasonable, Chris. That, that's the only thing I'm thinking. I'm thinking when he says tablet will be gone, he's saying there's going to be better consumption in a smaller model. Chris, well, I'll, go you, I'll go you one better. This is, my, this is my Nexus 7, and I run Google Voice on here, yep. although there's, there's no radio in it, so yeah. uh, meaning there's no, tele- uh, no uh, yeah. cell radio in it. Well, and think so, about Samsung's Note 3. We've seen some leaked specs come out and everything, and that's getting quite large, almost Nexus 7. Note 7. was awesome. Yeah, but I mean, and the uh, Note 3 is even larger, so I mean, it's almost Nexus 7 size with phone radios built into it, so yeah. So take that argument. Do you think within five years that that would become the main consumption device? Forget the theory. It's still of, a tablet, though. So I know could be, we're Chris, mincing Chris, words. You could be onto something. On the other hand, a prediction coming from from that source. I mean, I would I would more likely bet that his company isn't going to be around a year from now. <laughs> Then well, tablets are not going to be around five years. From well, now. and his quote is, "Tablets themselves are not a good business model." So is that? I mean. Really? It's, it's not a good enterprise model. model. Or a good business device. I mean, what does he mean? He's saying as a model for sale. I, I think that Amazon proved that to be false because Amazon came out with a tablet like the Kindle HD and said, here, consume our content. It is a business yeah. model. Yeah. Right. Well, Apple's done pretty well with the iPad. But BlackBerry doesn't have yeah. any kind of infrastructure like Amazon had in place to feed that here, you know, yeah. consume. There was nothing to consume, you know. And that prediction doesn't actually give any respect to the power of the touch UI. You know, right. that's a really powerful thing, and that, that's not going There's definitely something to be said about that. I mean, when right. you, like you were saying earlier about kids really liking this, you, you, we've seen all the, the videos on YouTube about the babies, like, just intuitively navigating through an iPad like it's just a, it's something natural you know it's very well, we should natural. continue he also talks about the Z10 as you know the uh, showstopper and I've okay so I've got it I've been running it for a while now would Do I you love it is it your favorite would I replace my iPad with the Z10 no you can't and no I well, wouldn't it's a different form factor but as as a smartphone device compared to an iPhone or a, an Android a Nexus set, uh, 4 or whatever like what do you love most or do you love them both I love them differently for different reasons currently, um, honestly. There's things on the BlackBerry that I wish I could do now that I've had the Z10 for a while on the Android, but then there's things on the Android that I wish showed up on the BlackBerry. There's a, a median, and it's not just because I, there's a certain app or if it's just functionality-wise, I wish they were. I wish I could just glue these together and have a better phone. But the Z10 is pretty darn powerful with some of the stuff it does. Um, the way you can navigate, the way you work with it, I've... I'm becoming more impressed with that. There's a few nuances I don't like that their fix packs are addressing as they go. Well, that's interesting. But, you said you would put them together. What would you marry between the two? The hardware, I software, would, what, what would you pick and choose between each? Uh, I would want the keyboard on here is slick on the Z10. I still love SwiftKey, as we know. We talk about it all the time uh, because I think it's better. Even though they have a really good predictive one and the way you throw text on the screen is cool. I would definitely, and I don't know if I can show this right backwards because I'm so good at it my thumb, but let's say I'm on the home screen or doing it. I'm in an app. The ability to go up, let me see if I can do it here, up and over. There it is. That's oh, nice. my mail and stuff in the hub. The ability to navigate and see and work with things like that with simple swipes is far beyond what I've got on the iOS and the Android. Well, and that's, I mean, that's in essence on, on Android, tapping that button and getting your, your other apps. No, and this then is, going, no, no. This is live yes. while I'm doing it. There's a little bit difference, Matt, because I, I do that on my Android all the time. I can tap and see. This one is live interaction. If I go up and over, I'm actually seeing and interacting with that mail live while this app is still running and floating. So there's, that's a little bit different. I know what you're saying, but it's a little bit different because they can't, because of copyrights and everything else, they can't make it look the same, right? No well, right, right, happens. but same, same idea. You have apps that are running or in a state of su- suspension somewhat. 
Yeah, well, and they, you, mentioned the, the, you mentioned the uh, the swiping. I I was a big fan of the palm graffiti, and I suppose that's copyrighted and protected, and you can't put that on anything else, right? Uh, actually, yeah, it got bought, right? Who bought the graffiti? HP. HP. Right, so they could put in their stuff, but they won't because they can't make They're a good. Phone, so right. it's just kind of dead to the consumer, right? I actually went <laughs> back to stock from a uh, SwiftKey, the latest CM. M update like it just SwiftKey started lagging so I went back to the stock Jellybean keyboard I really like it it's swipe yeah. is good and it's prediction now that I'm using it as my daily keyboard it, it works really well I'm getting used to the swipe with the um, uh, Jellybean and the SwiftKey I use the Jellybean keyboard on the tablet and um, I use the SwiftKey on SwiftKey the just I don't know the more you use it it just turns into a hog after a while it seems like and maybe it's just my GeneX with my you know M stable CM version on there but it just mm-hmm. seemed like it was turning into a beast do, now the stack the stock uh, Jelly Bean or anything does it do folders on the Android device meaning you can stack yeah inside of folders on the yes. desktop yes. yeah and then you can also go into a file explorer and into yeah. your root file system and do folders that way as well but you can oh, also yeah, have your apps on the actual on your home yes. screen you can have apps and folders yeah yeah i have them in mine right now well and i wish i wish there was like a little box in the corner where you could do graffiti instead of like having a keyboard take up half the screen well what is the functionality that nobody i mean nobody's been able to duplicate that in their own standalone well, app or what patents or something like that. Right? What did it do? What was its... I, I'm not familiar what, with the... Did he ask what graffiti did? I'm sorry, I don't feel well. I'm oh, I'm sorry. Up. I've never used a, a Palm Pre or whatever you're oh. talking about. A Pixie. What were those oh, hey, called? Richard. Break them down, Richard. Fix what's, them. What's graffiti? Yeah. Okay, so graffiti, it, it had like this really very simple to memorize little uh, scrawl where you would basically just take you know a couple of swipe symbols and it would just do the 26 letters. And they were phrases, or it was like actual. No, it was, it was yeah. just a really simple thing to, to, to process. At least it was easy for me to memorize. I'll Google and it. And then you could basically just write, you know, just just write very rapidly using this uh, using this uh, this notation. And uh, I liked it a lot. I thought it was a great thing to have. And I, and, I mean, obviously, it kind of lends itself to stylus instead of like your finger and so on. This type of thing. Yeah, back back in the day, uh, graffiti was was fast and effective. I used it for a long time on a trio. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but I mean, it's that's nothing compared to the the current generation of predictive keyboards. E- either either swipe. I run swipe on Android, SwiftKey on Android rather. And, and the, I agree with you, Matt. The native Android keyboard now is very fast and. It's predictive. Engine works well. And I've, I've yeah. heard of graffiti, but I never used it. And I'm, so I looked it up here. Graffiti it's not fair to compare. You're making an apples to oranges comparison, aren't you? Well, yeah, he's right, because the, the old graffiti was you were writing each letter, so basically it was note-taking with a stylus that was faster due to the shorthand stroke right, okay. that you do for a character versus I'm typing and letting it guess a whole word or phrase for me. But picture what what year we're talking about it was way ahead of where we are today with handwriting on a tablet yeah i, well, I think there's room for multiple ways that people would interact with their devices i mean well like Someone, we talked about that minima keyboard a couple oh, episodes yeah. on aota we're all waiting for that to come out that looks kind of uh i gave a few bucks to minima yeah good stuff all right uh moving on kind of keeping with mobile and you posted and I don't know, man. Is this a pyramid scheme? Because when I, I on this. when I Google Solave Wiki, like the second entry is pyramid scheme. So it, I, it, I don't yeah. know. Maybe that's just Google. <laughs> but you know, uh, let Ant, let Ant talk, and then we're going to talk about it. Okay. The Ant, give us the well, free 4G challenge, Ant. Well, if you actually look at that link, it gives you a little pyramid at the bottom of the page. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Are you no, one of one, the millions? One of, one of the guys that follow me, he had um, had shared that with me, and he's he's been doing it, and he's paying a lot less coverage because he's gotten other folks to sign up. This reminds and, me of penny auctions for some reason. I don't know why. And so, go ahead, Ant. So I, tell I would, about the plan, Ant, so how it works first, and then we're yeah. gonna. Um, you get is forty nine, as it says on the page, it's forty nine dollars a month. Or free, but again, it's all based on who else you get to sign up and keep coverage with them. Um, there's no contracts, 
and they're going off of the back end of uh, T-Mobile. They're using their network. And again, you just get more people to say, hey, I want to get in there, and it takes a, a credit to your bill. Well, not really a credit. I think they actually send you some type of mm -hmm. funds for yeah, it. Yeah, I, I read the whole thing. I'm ready for you. Yeah. When you're done, I'm ready. I'm ready to tear in. Go ahead. Tear it up. <laughs> so, so you get a tier one, which is $20. For every three people, you get a tier and then they have people below them, so there's your pyramid, and every yep. three of them is $10 each. So technically, if you start building your tiers correctly, you could have unlimited income based upon how big of a network you build of people that subscribe through people that, you know, your subscribers. So you get three people to join that use your referral code. They start getting people to join. That becomes sub subscribers to you, and you earn a revenue. So it's just like about 50 other things we've seen in this world. Yeah. Um, they've basically you know, they, turned their customers into their sales force, which is, well, now, I mean, good and on they you. they openly said that. <laughs> right. They say it. And it's like Hustle. Talk, get out We there. talked about it before. Karma, if you, get, you put up one of their hotspots and lay it on a table, if anyone in the room connects to it that has a public and a private side, so you have your own dedicated, you know, isolated network, for those that know about VLANs. But the idea is, is that it's open to the public. For everyone that connects to it and uses their Facebook to authenticate, it will automatically give you more data on your side. So you'd get another 100 meg or whatever it was. So Karma was about sharing bandwidth and getting you free bandwidth. But you weren't, no one was exchanging money. This one says, buy a plan. I'll give you money back. It's a referral system with a pyramid scheme below it. Hmm. I read the whole doc. It's kind of crazy, but it's, it's what it is. If you get this, enough people that don't have a contract, guess what? You'll have referral money for months. That Wi-Fi thing, the karma thing you were talking about, reminded me of the, I forget what the service is called, but you were basically, you would put up like, say, 100 megs or a gig of space on your hard drive. In exchange, you would get a gig or whatever on somebody else's out in the cloud and everyone was sharing. It was like a way to back up stuff or whatever. But yeah, it's kind of like that. You have a hundred MP3s and you have MP3s. And yeah, right? <laughs> it's like pre pre-finding uh, the alien stuff. But yeah, so the idea was, and I was looking at it live again because I've got it open here um, after Ant sent it, is that you, I didn't know they used T-Mobile, Ant, so that was kind of helpful, you know, what you were saying about the T-Mobile stuff. Yeah. But reading this whole thing, this doc, here you go. If you become one of their leveled monthly payers, what they consider social connectors on up, you know, their rule is you can get anywhere from 2500 to you know, twenty grand if you had six sub-trios, which is six sets of three people below you, who then had twenty five below that, who then expanded out, you could end up making 2500 bucks. Can you do the math on that? How many individual people is that? That is 18, uh, 25, 375, 90, another 500 below that. So it's under 1,000 people total. You get uh, through, through people at own attrition, you don't see those other people. You only see the first set of three. Right, the first trio. Right. So basically... Yeah, it's about seven, eight hundred people. I'm just totally. curious, like in order for every twenty thousand dollar revenue, how many people they're actually adding to the network? So let's say roughly they're paying out twenty thousand dollars per thousand new customers. Is that do I have that right? Yeah, twenty five hundred per yeah, almost thousand. Is new that customer. good conversion? Is that that's not bad, right? Anything's hey, think about this. If you go so let's compare it to something like another referral program. That's Amazon's going to give you four and a half starting percent till you get enough items sold. It'll move you to six percent, then six and a half, then seven. But you need over sixty items sold at seven percent. Right. That gives you more money for selling those, but you're, it's a flat rate income per month. So they know what they're going to make. With Amazon, you never know how much you're going to make. Sure. Um, and with this, it kind of seems like you're stuck once you get your trio, and then from that point forward, it's up to the three people in that. Group well, you can have multiple then... sets of trios. Too, oh, okay, but you can then. To make two hundred fifty bucks a month, you need four sets of trios. So you need to refer a dozen people, and then they get their own. You can make at least two hundred fifty bucks a month. Wow. Well, well we don't the have guy to... that referred it to me in a comment. He says, "Yes, been buying and selling phones for about two months. Got into this last month. My phone bill after a month is twenty nine dollars." He's got. And he also says, "By the way, one guy that I repair phones for is making, I think." 400 a month right now. So this makes sense if you're the guy working at AT&T and you're like, you know, I could hook you up here, talk to me after work, and then you're just hustling. Now, just Aunt, slinging phones. Slinging I didn't read And I went into the descriptors of how you make the money. What phones are they supporting or using? Uh, Dad, I don't know. Okay. Dad, I don't know. I know they said they had some type of partnership with other uh, providers that are selling unlocked phones. Well, if it's T-Mobile, you would 
Yeah, it's going to be your normal. You're just selling on white GSM phones. Your Nexus Four, right? Well, I mean, they have to... Huawei. Huawei, yeah, Howies, probably the yeah. Howies and and whatnot. And they compare to the other plans. They give you unlimited data, unlimited text, unlimited voice. All that stuff is on there. Uh, but they and the coverage. Did you look at the coverage as well? The coverage map. No, it just well, it's going it's to be T-Mobile. Say T-Mobile. Well, see, no, Clear is the same thing. They backhaul on Sprint, and they're not total coverage. They license out the stuff they're going to use. And if you look at the coverage map, while it's pretty in-depth, um, I'll give them that. There's lots of holes <laughs> as you zoom in. If you stay zoomed out, it looks really pretty and green. If you zoom in, there's a lot of holes. Um, so I think that they don't buy Isn't coverage. Isn't that T-Mobile anyway? That, no, this is what it would say to me is that they buy off the – non-roaming set of T-Mobile, meaning T-Mobile has agreements to have roaming coverage. They own okay. on the T-Mobile-owned towers. Okay, I got you. Right, just like Sprint and Clear. You can't go off their towers. Okay. So, and Which like, is a uh, big limitation. Net Zero has the same problem. Yeah, same, same thing. So it doesn't show anything about mobile devices, so sorry we go on about this. But I think it's a great pyramid scheme. For anyone that wants to sell uh, phone plans, you can now make money on your own. On your own. I need to find that service map, the coverage He's already map. signed up. He's lying. Look at him. He, you've got like six people under you, don't you? There's a service map here. Uh, I'll throw this link. A kid uh, wrote about this, and oh, then he included about halfway down in that article some service maps of it, and that's where he's like, you know, it's, it's okay depending on where you live. Right. Uh, he says, my house is in the yellow zone, which is 2G only. If it were solid, uninterrupted 2G, that might actually work for me. But in my experience with T-Mobile, it's still pretty sketchy. So, Wow. So uh, what this says is our search for the perfect alternative to the big carriers has not yet landed on a really great choice. No. <laughs> yeah. there's, I mean, there's one that in, uh, one of these uh, virtual providers that automatically switches your uses Wi-Fi whenever you're around Wi-Fi. Yeah, that was Republic yeah. Wireless, it's I think. Republic, yeah. yeah, Republic Dude, Wireless. That sounds, like a, that sounds more substantial than this. You don't have to be uh, building a pyramid. You just sign up and do it. Well, yeah, that's a totally different business model, too, though. I mean, Ting Ting does it, or what? what's that one company? Yeah, Ting, Ting. resells uh, Sprint service. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's I, tons of NVNOs doing this. Not only, I mean, this is the only one that is letting you make money off of it if you hustle. That's man, cool. I love the I love this picture he did put up. I went to the link. I love the picture he put up. Yeah, he puts an X. He puts an X with my house saying, "Yeah, <laughs> I suck because I live right here." Yeah, pretty much. In the yellow, right? <laughs> I'll throw that in the dock for you too, if you want. And actually, you know what? He does have a better chart, so, so everyone should know. We'll put this in the in the dock for everybody. Yeah, but he has a better chart of how they compare to the other providers, and they list the non-major providers like Virgin and Cricket and Straight Talk that actually shows you a little bit better of how they compare because it is it is an MVNO. Right. You should talk about that real yeah. quick, Matt, and what an MVNO is. MVNO is basically any carrier that's not a real carrier. They're selling you service from another carrier, right? Right, mobile virtual network operator. Right. So they get a big section of bandwidth or spectrum or whatever it is. I don't, I don't know exactly how it works, but they're they reselling you piggyback they're not building their own network basically they're yep you're right so all right no way pretty interesting and sprint and you want to go to ting not a great thing exactly exactly (laughs) or if you're in a place like here where there's only verizon and a little at&t probably not going to work for you so well and does verizon are there any verizon wait what larry I'm a happy team user in LA. Straight oh, I bet. Are there any like, Verizon MVNOs? Because I've almost—I don't think I've ever heard of one that's reselling. D- does Verizon just not do those deals then? Anyone? I thought everybody was either Sprint or um, T-Mobile. Is T-Mobile. it because of the CDMA network that you would have well, to? I don't think AT and T makes those deals either. AT and T does. Okay, interesting. Uh, let's move on. Larry, you posted something about the Google MOOCs. Google getting into... Yeah. Oh, yeah, Richard, we were talking about that. Um, yeah, well, you know, Google has... They have run MOOCs, and they've got their own open-source MOOC platform called Course Builder. And, um, well, um, they're working hard on Course Builder. I know, I know one woman that works on the project, and... It, 
I what I was speculating in that post was, geez, my why doesn't Google offer offer that as a service the way they offer Gmail as a service or Hangouts or Hangouts or Google Docs or any of it? I mean, Google is in that business; they're really good at it. They make. Well, we know what a MOOC is. I'm sorry. Well, well, why don't you just tell everyone what a MOOC is? Oh yeah, I, we talked about MOOC. yeah, yeah. MOOC, it's a just... massive, massive open online courses, right? And it's really. Uh, they're being offered. It's it's a thing that's really hot the last year or so. And they're in the U.S. anyhow. There are three major players that are offering MOOC platforms. One is MIT. Uh, they call it edX. There's uh, a couple that came out of Stanford. One called Udacity, and one called Coursera. And to give you an, an idea of the pricing, edX. If you want to offer a course at edX, um, you pay two hundred and fifty thousand dollars that produced the first uh, offering of the course, and you pay 50K for every subsequent offering. Plus, they take if you're making any money off of uh, uh, certifications or anything, they take a cut of that. So it's really very prohibitive. Now, Google has an open source MOOC uh, platform with an active group behind it. So does MIT, uh, and theirs also is open source, and Stanford's Merge so there are two major open source MOOC platform providers. And what I was saying in that post was, geez, why would a university pay $250,000 to MIT? How about the Cal State system, for example, running their own server? And even better, how about Google offering it the way they offer Google Docs and, and Gmail and so on and so forth? I think you'd have faculty all over the world and people that aren't faculty putting together courses and little parts of courses to supplement other courses. I think it'd just be totally cool. Uh, well, like you said, Larry, though, it's only really yeah. taken off in the last year or so. So maybe Google is looking and is like, wow, with oh, all no, of this Google stuff. Is, okay, I, I was at a conference about, remember when I was in Las Vegas and had to call in from the airport? Yeah, yeah. I was at a conference. Fondly. And, You're and sound I, and I uh, at that conference, uh, wow. I got this award, right, for uh, this courseware stuff that I developed. And I got it in information technology. A woman standing next to me got hers in, uh, in biology. And she was at Stanford at the time she did the biology stuff, but now she works for Google. And she is in that group. And she wouldn't tell me anything, but she said within a couple months there will be an interesting announcement. So I have no hmm. idea what that is because uh, she was – tight-lipped about it. But uh, no, Google is, I think, are definitely, you know, they ran a MOOC, um, they've run it a couple of times, a sort of in-depth thing on search. And I think they learned a lot about running MOOCs by doing that, and, you know, they're eating their own dog food, as the saying goes. So, um, no, I think, I mean, I think they're really serious about it. That's the truth. I'll tell you, Larry, I think it sounds like a natural for Google. It fits so right in their sweet spot and yeah. and their strategy with other kind of open tools. You know, and, and not only would they get, you know, tra they just make money off of traffic and they get signals and learn all about the people uh, for their advertising business. But, hell, that would be really, I would think, uh, good public relations, you know. Well, and think about this, too. If they start getting signals from all of the classes, all of the lectures, all of that stuff that's happening Think about all of the the amount of context that they're gathering to be able to use in in their algorithm search voice all of that stuff. Like you get a lot of context from us playing Ingress, from people using Maps, from Google Plus. If you had like lectures and classrooms going on, and you had like Watson basically in there listening, like I just think it would get it would gain so much from that human to human interaction. Learning and teaching, uh, as learning a, about what the people are interested exactly interested in. right. That yeah, that blows my mind. The other things, the MOOC platforms today are crude as hell. Uh, I mean, whether you love MOOCs or hate MOOCs or whatever, it's kind of people uh, tend to divide into those two groups. But it, they have set off a wave of innovation, and what we're looking at now, they're going to cause a lot of innovation in the development of, of tools. Uh, client-side tools, service-side tools, monitoring performance tools, uh, uh, certification tools, and eventually, I think it's gonna—you know—it'll change the whole way the education's 
you know, not 100 percent, but it will impact the way education and certification work in this country. Well, it's kind of like the Khan Academy stuff, right? It is like the Khan Academy stuff, yeah. And it, but he's also, uh, yeah, it's it, the courses tend to be like like his, you know, little modular things, and that's been my fall. thing for years. I do little modules too. That's why I got that award for all these hundreds of modules I've built. Um, yeah, I love teaching zero, zero to hero classes. So I mean, I would love to do a some. Yeah, I love teaching zero to hero classes, right? So zero to what classes? Zero to hero. Zero to hero. What's that? Oh, you know, like you start with no knowledge of the thing, and then you just kind of build them up so that at the end of it, they're they can go out. Guru at the end. Yeah. That's the right. thing is, the you know, Rich, like, I think if, if Google put that service up, you know, kind of YouTube for classes, or whatever you want to think of it, I think it wouldn't just be professors and professional teachers. I think, you know, you would put one up, and I think all kinds of people would put up courses. Uh, and you don't have to do a whole course. You can do just little parts of a course. So you don't have to be... Uh, as big as a college. Well, and think of all the niche stuff out there, like Maker, yeah. and I mean, the, you could there's yeah, all the so much you could you could turn into this uh, course material, really. Yeah, dog so if training. I Google, if I were running Google, I'd do it. Could you train dogs through Moo? <laughs> through online, you could train dogs online. Training dogs online. Yeah, she says totally. You teach my dog not to poop all over the house. I, That's right. <laughs> you have three sessions. No doubt about it. <laughs> Three sessions via Skype with this this dog trainer here. <laughs> How many euphemisms can we use for the dog poo? <laughs> hey, Larry, I want to hear more about your uh, your your uh, modules and and are they uh, available to see on the net? Oh, yeah, great. Like, will you teach I, us, yeah. Larry? Will you be I'm our sorry? teacher? Will you be our teacher? Will you teach us? No, you guys know all the shit I'm teaching about. I've done. <laughs> uh, I've, I have done. Uh, okay, I've been saying that modules were going to take over the world and, and kill textbooks for at least 20 years. You've, you've I, said I, it. I, so I've been wrong for at least 20 years. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, I've done a, uh, all the teaching I do is with my own material, and it's little modules that are maybe is kind of roughly the, the equivalent of a section in a textbook. And it's not just me. Modules, like the Khan Academy, I mean, he's the king of modules. But um, there's plenty of other um, module uh, repositories and modular product projects. The, the hard thing with modules, with having things made out of little modules, you get all kinds of flexibility and, and win in that sense. But discovering them is, really, is the problem. Is, is, uh, you know, geez, somebody's got a really good little module to teach a really cool concept. How the hell do you find it? Um, that's, I think, and also it may, it puts more work on the instructor to try to pull together a class out of modules rather than just take a CAM textbook and, and go with it. But uh, but I can see using, I, I've never used Google's course builder, so I, I shouldn't speak about what I could imagine doing with it. But I don't think it would necessarily have to be full courses. You, I could see somebody like doing a little three three video kind of a course on it, you know, a little specialized things. I think all kinds of things would happen. Plus, I've got a hundred ideas for ways they should improve uh, the current MOOC software, uh, and I'm sure Google, you know, it's it will not stand still. I'm sure you guys are building really cool stuff. Um, I got plenty of ideas for you. Google ought to ought to uh, kidnap Larry Page and bring him to a uh, Mountain View and tie him to a desk. No, Did I say Larry Page? He ought to, ought to kidnap Larry Press. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I they, they can have me. Go for it. Yeah, no, I would love to. Who says that? Uh, I don't know why this is on my phone. Who is that? Is that the Google? Larry Page. Larry Page. Yeah, that's it's Google Plus. Maybe your phone hurt. Maybe your phone hurt us talking about. It. Yeah, really. Google Plus. I, I noticed this a long time ago. I was like, why is Larry's number on my phone? It's from, it's from Google Plus. You circled him in Google Plus back in the day, like everybody else did. Oh, I see his Google Plus profile at the bottom. Okay. He's still about what? I mean, like the third or fourth most followed person on Google Plus. My metric is like when he's not in the top 100, then Google Plus has arrived. There you go. That's yeah. 
No, but you know, it'll all be people like movie stars and crap like that. But it, that's what the, that's what you want. You want yeah, it. Yeah, that's fun. That means it's common. That right it's there. It, if that's the case. Well, and that right there attracts the normal people, right? When they are like, "Ooh, I can follow these ridiculous stars," like on Google Plus. Maybe I'll check that out. P Diddy's doing a hangout. Shit. Well, check that out. <laughs> Yeah, we have a celebrity worship culture, so that's uh, that's what you want. Right? Have they you seen? I get off topic for just a sec, but you should watch the movie Antiviral. It's about the celebrity worship culture, like at its most extreme. And just just set that there. Now we can move Anti-viral. on. Antiviral. Antiviral. Just okay. watch it. Send me an email after you've watched it. Thank me, whatever. And uh, yeah, you will never look at that again the same way ever. Five dollars to the PayPal pal account, ka-ching. Ka-ching. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's it's pretty. I, I don't even want to ruin it for you. Just go watch it. <laughs> All right. Uh, what are we talking about next, gents? Is it on Netflix? Uh, I don't know. Is it? A, it's on ILT. <laughs> We're in your hands. Whatever you want to do. It's on ILT. It's on the server if you want to download link. No, I'm kidding. It's not. No, no. <laughs> but it could be. Do. But it could be. <laughs> could be anything on there i don't know hypothetically sure gotcha. totally cool reconstruction of an 1885 recording of alexander ah, graham bell reading his handwritten notes larry you made a post about this yeah. it's kind of cool did you guys hear it no i did can we play it can we did play it everyone? can we play it live right now yeah play it's, it. it's cool like, i think i, I have a link to it on the show notes or not the show notes but rundown okay here uh, yeah there's a link listen oh no that's a link to it Listen. Now, is it public domain if you convert it from the old, you know, format to digital? YouTube, that sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah that was horrible. Hey, come on, man. It was recorded in 1885. Yeah, I know, I know. Wait, wait. The, the first part you're hearing there sounds like shit, but pretty soon you see he's counting. Uh Give it, let it run a little bit more and see if you can make out. I mean, it's really hard. Enhance. Enhance. One hundred thousand. Two hundred thousand. That's kind of cool. That's like, I That's mean, if you good think, as it gets. yeah, but yeah, that but is if, Alexander himself. If you think about what it is, like that is kind of that's kind of mind blowing. Like it is. Eighteen fifty. Yeah. We're in twenty thirteen. Like that's so long ago. If you think about it, and how many different technologies have changed like since? I don't know. That's that's crazy. And what kind of tablet did he have? He had you stone, know? sucker. <laughs> stone tablet. Uh, he, he had a tablet, man. Actually, it was a rim, I think. What a rim device. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but so you know, I, love, I, love things like, I love things like that as examples of showing how crude prototypes, research prototypes start out and how people have such a knack for refining them once the, once the proof of concept is done. Um, everything everything's going like that, like the Wright Brothers' first airplane. Did you ever see video of that first flight? Just the pictures of it. Yeah, I mean, shit, it hardly got off the ground. Right. 63 later, years later, we're on the moon. Yeah. It's very cool. Anything is possible with the right motivation, right, guys? Yeah. With enough time and money, you could solve almost every problem. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, the only reason we got to the moon was because we were motivated by being fur. Yeah. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. Sometimes it takes, you know, a little extra. You know, you guys were talking about, um, what's it called, Radio Lab. The IEEE Spectrum has a, a really neat podcast, too. You guys ever listen to that with Stephen Cherry? <laughs> yeah, and he interviewed guys. Remember a week or two weeks ago we talked about Obama's getting behind this Mapping the Human Brain yeah, yeah. project? Uh, he had a guy that's one of the leaders of that on the other day, and it was really cool to hear that guy talk, too. Uh, talking about, you know, grand challenges. Um, what they can do and what they hope to be able to do is incredible. They're not talking about a static map of the human brain. They are talking about dynamically watching the signals go back and forth. 
And they're also talking about injecting input into those neuron paths and seeing what happens. Um, bizarre stuff. Does. Can I, I, I just found this interesting article, and we, we were talking about MOOCs and online courses and everything. What we never talk about is, like, how do you cheat? Like, what about the cheaters and, and stuff like that? And this is kind of looking at the technology that they use right now, uh, like locking out searches and tracking keys and uh, eye movements and all that uh, it, it, while people take these, these classes. This one in particular is at a Western Governors University, an online school, taking a business course test online under the view of a video camera while she's at her uh, apartment. So they use a webcam and it tracks how frequently her eyes shifted from the computer screen and listen for the telltale sounds of a possible helper in the room. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> it's like they totally capture too. Yeah. Like watching. That's kind of cool. There, there, are two, there are companies that do that and they have two different approaches. Some of them have guys sitting there, you know, with a bunch of monitors and watching that's right. what's happening. And others record it and, and uh, go back over and look at the suspicious eye movement. I think that could be automated, going back over the recording. Well, and that's what they're talking about, is how the technology nowadays is like automating this, the yeah. watching and, and whatnot. But they're saying that online courses are under scrutiny to show evidence of integrity in ways that face-to-face courses are not. So. Oh, yeah. It's like nobody ever cheated in a face-to-face. I know, right? <laughs> right. Whoa. I didn't. Damn right, it's perfect. <laughs> and uh, William Dornan is his name. He's the chief executive of Phoenix-based Criterion Inc., which monitors tests for several schools and companies. Uh, he said uh, his webcam system reduces cheating far below its occurrence in regular lecture halls. I'm surprised that you don't see more, um, you know, like like a MOOC from like the Apollo Group, which owns the University of Phoenix. Phoenix. And you know who else is all the all the training schools like Linda dot com and stuff like that. I mean, those guys are going to also, I think, be affected by this. And some of what they do has places in universities. You know? That's the end of that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, was there anything else? I mean, we got like ten minutes left. If you guys want to kill some time, if not. My dinner's almost ready, but was, I can go get my dog. Was go get your dog. We'll ask some questions. Was there any other interesting tech that we wanted to cover? I, I think that was it's kind of a slow tech news. Chris, tell us something interesting about something you're reviewing. Gadgets. Uh, right now, Amazon's making me very mad because it seems they've possibly changed some of their auto sensing, or there's a dude that sits there that's new hire that reviews their videos, and I don't know what they're doing, but they're really jerking me around on my reviews that go up to Amazon. So they're, uh, they're denying the reviews. They're, like, rejecting them back, and I can't figure out why. But the most <laughs> recent thing is this little... You're going to love this. What this little that? thing right there. What is that? This is the Fellows, who makes scanners and keyboard trays and everything else. This is the Fellows. Uh, it keeps it the same height as your monitor. It's for iPods and tablets. I mean, iPads and tablets has a notch, but it holds your tablets at the same height as your monitor. It's like a second screen. That's awesome. And it's it's a little. It's very sturdy and a little table thing. But uh, I put I keep it next to my computer now, and put my iPad right in it, and it sits there and holds everything, so I can have a second screen. Very but, cool. But the problem is, is that they're having issues with uh, submitting reviews and videos and stuff. They're getting kicked back. So I don't know if they changed an algorithm or if they changed something else, but they're all get, they're getting kicked back. So I'm very frustrated. Good job, Amazon. I, I emailed them the uh, magic black hole of Amazon email. A very angry letter or what? <laughs> a, um, I don't know what you changed, but stop it. Or if some guy named Stu started working there, please fire him. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very clever letter. Too bad nobody will read it. Well, now they those they actually uh, read from the uh, some of the program stuff. But the idea is that I don't know if they change an algorithm or if someone actually manually views videos. But they're rejecting certain stuff now, which is confusing people. You'll see maybe a change in how their reviews read on the site is what it is. Is what I mean. Well, has anyone else seen the Amazon Locker? No, Richard. Please. What's that? That's in your cloud storage. No, no, no. I'm talking about like, I mean, at the 7-Eleven. In right the stores, here, yeah. You can get a place like in like 7-Eleven. Like like it's, like it's, like it's a, a physical, a it's a P.O. box. 
basically. It is right. So at your local Seven Eleven, if you don't get, it has like a little kiosk. It has like a little computer section, so they can basically dynamically allocate which locker your stuff landed in, and then you just walk in with some email saying, "Hey." Your stuff's in 53. Or more ideally, a QR code or something like that that you would just scan. You walk in, you say, okay, hey, I'm the guy that got the thing here. I got the email. Here's the thing. I'm authenticating. Bam, okay, you get your thing. But those are all self-serve. You're not actually talking to somebody. You just go in there and scan something, and the right? Or is there right. someone yeah. manning? The whole idea is that way you don't have to worry about if you're delivering something. Right. And then they don't have to worry about if you're home. That's yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah, that's yeah they've had that for a Especially bit. Especially in a place like New York. Yeah, cool. where so here you go. I, I, put, I pasted the thing in the link. It's just the two help topics that are really easy, but your items can be delivered to an Amazon locker if they're sold by Amazon.com and meet size and weight limits. You can find an Amazon locker location and basically ship it there so you know it's secured and locked up in a public place. How many, how many cities have those? Is it uh, widespread now? Well, I can tell you right now, it's got to be a, it's a very small item. It's got to be smaller than 16 by 13 by 12. It's got to be less than 10 pounds. No special handling. And so basically uh, for your DVDs, we'll send you DVDs and light books and your iPad <laughs> and your iPad. <laughs> <laughs> and your helpful, iPad. helpful. Amazon. Thanks. If, and you want your Kindle, we can send it to you. Now you can search by, let's search by um, New York. Do they do a surcharge for picking something up in that? In so lot? here you go. Not I search if you're by a prime member, New York's main one zero 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 one zip code, just for grins to see. And they came up with a dozen right away in the heart of New York. They are Rite Aids, 7-Elevens, Staples, um, some other stores there, a lot of Staples, and a few others. So imagine what FedEx did with Kinko's, right? Or Redbox. Redbox. Well, Redbox is a little bit different, though, because Redbox, you're checking out and not accepting a delivery, right? You're actually going to a location to check out. They're saying you can have stuff shipped to this locker, and you can go get it. Which is, Chris, do, they, do they charge for when you pick it up? Not if it's part of their standard stuff. It says it's built into the Amazon. Um, you can ch- you can uh, change or ship to this address. So no, you they're not. It's charging. just another ship to address. It, it probably makes it probably makes it easier for them to deliver. Cheaper for them to deliver it that way, yeah. And we asked how you get a unique pickup code that you get via email or text. You take it there, and then enter the code on the touchscreen display. It's three days. Uh, it'll be available for pickup for three days after you get your pickup code. If you don't pick it up in that window, it gets returned to Amazon.com, which is why it's only for goods sold directly by Amazon.com. Hmm. Right, not by the third parties. Right, third parties are not eligible. But what's cool about that is now you've actually, if you don't have, you don't want to give out your real address or you don't have an address that is secure, you now have a secure place to drop stuff off. Yeah, you're buying something, you know, off the reservation. Well, you know what? You've got me curious. I'm going to look and see if there's one in downtown in St. Louis. They said that they started putting them in Seattle, New York State, and Washington, D.C. about a year ago. There is none in St. Louis, downtown at least. And this was in August of 2012. So I imagine most of those are functioning by now in Seattle, New York, and D.C., but that's yeah, probably see. about well, it. In the, red, the red box model is a little different, but I, I definitely see that this is an example of like digital businesses doing partnerships and cooperation with brick and mortar. Yep. Yeah. Don't they also, everybody keeps saying that Amazon's going to start offering same day deliveries, right? Set up warehouses near big cities. And- well, that was what they were doing with those two large distribution centers. They opened up, they made like, I don't know, an article I read about it said like something like 10,000 jobs. It just in the California one or something, but and anything that is a staple item that's, you know, heavily ordered by them is being delivered same day. Did you see the video, the comic that was made that the guy made the Amazon knows what you've ordered before you ordered. So they ship you stuff the day before you order it. <laughs> nah, yeah. Is that so a X-K- we'll put it in the notes. So it's actually a guy, he rings your doorbell and he's like, I didn't order this. I go that you will tomorrow. And it's all this stuff from Amazon. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Actually, my favorite one like that was the, what was it about the, the, uh, the joke video on YouTube about uh, uh, the Google, uh, uh, like, you know, the Street View. Yeah. Where the, the two guys are, like, talking, and they're like, hey, look, this is cool. You can kind of zoom in on Google Maps, and you can see your street. Like, here's our building. 
And then they're like, oh, that's cool. He goes, yeah, like, let me go in the courtyard. He goes, no, no, it doesn't work like that because they have a car and, it's, and he clicks and then they're in the courtyard. <laughs> <laughs> he, goes, he goes, let me go up to the steps to our apartment. He goes, no, no, they have a car. They just, and he clicks and they're right in front of the door. And then That's and awesome. Then he goes into the house and then he goes, hey, there's my jacket that I just laid on the, on the chair. And then it turns and he's like looking at the room that they're in. <laughs> I think uh, the video I just put in there, I think, is the one we're looking for. I just put. I think it was. I think it's called the Googling. (laughs) That's good stuff. (laughs) Obviously, that doesn't really happen, but it was. It was funny. (laughs) Yeah, Matt. I think that's the video link I just put in the chat. That's what he says, tongue in cheek. Anyway. At Amazon, whoops! Too loud. Is it a cartoon-looking one? Yes, cartoony. Yeah, if I, I didn't get anything showing up in my area as far as a locker goes. No, no, there's no locker here either. In St. Louis, no lockers. At Amazon, we're dedicated to delivering your products this as quickly it. as possible. And today, we're thrilled to introduce our latest service, Yesterday Shipping. It's easy. Click <laughs> checkout, choose Yesterday Shipping, and when you confirm your order, you'll already have had the product for a day. Sounds simple, right? Well, it gets even simpler. The day before you order, you'll get a package that you're not expecting. On the box, there will be a note telling you to call the Amazon support team. Hi, I just got a pair of shoes that I didn't order. It goes yes, on. That's you a great ordered those though. shoes tomorrow with Amazon yesterday. Good stuff. We'll put a link to it <laughs> in the show notes at yetanothertechshow.com, which is finally now come to an end. That was good. <laughs> no, say it's not so. Okay, it's because- not so. Last story, Yahoo bought Astrid. Any of you guys familiar with Astrid? Weird, oh, right? Video, Weird. I know. Chris Miller, I know. Is that the video, folks? Uh, no, Astrid was a text, like a uh, to-do yeah. list thing. Why did they do that? Uh, well, that's a good question, Chris It's Miller. for uh, making lists, right? Is that what it was for? Because Marissa is trying to figure out what she needs to file. do next, so she needs to make a list. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Didn't Yahoo buy some type of video online streaming uh yeah that was like a that. while ago i feel like but the, in this they said they got both the talent and the technology in the deal wow. fantastic the team will focus on some exciting products and experiences that are core to yahoo and they have a lot in store we're excited to welcome astrid to yahoo's mobile team they have astrid yeah, is good at mobile i mean their apps were cool uh, they it's were... one of the top 20 browser apps they say you should have, but they just said over the next 90 days they're going to stop taking new premium subscriptions and then tell people how to get your data. They're selling like Posturus, who finally announced <laughs> the date. <laughs> Do you yeah, remember Posturus? Do you guys remember Posturus? Do you guys, did yep. you guys ever use that? Yes. No, nope. people still I do. did. Really? I used it for like a month or two, I feel like. Maybe three months. It auto- I just use it as another network. way to push content. Right. Yeah, it feeds into other networks. Yeah. You can yeah. send it, uh, upload a picture or send a, a post and it auto feeds to other networks. Yeah, I know. So. You could just send it in an email. That's why it was like super easy. But then it got all convoluted with poster spaces and groups and then it died. And oh, yeah. Their, yeah. their new announcement. Please come get your data. Here's a zip file. Hey, posterous, guess what? I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think honestly the only thing I used that for I was doing like pick of the day. I was I got this weird thing in my head that I was gonna like watch myself age, so I started doing. So it was like a daily picture, and I just email it there because it would post it real quick. And then I started doing it every month, and then I just completely lost interest in it and posterous <laughs> at the same time. But it was a cool service. The idea of back before. It was easy to post, like, on the go. You could just send an email, and it, and it would format it nice. Like, it was cool for what it was, but it just it just stayed that. It didn't ever evolve into anything useful as the, the mobile tech became better. But, yeah, going bye-bye in May 30th, I think, is what the email I got. So, what? I don't know. For what? For posters. No, uh, you have a little bit longer than that to back, get your data out. I think it's uh, July 1st, the final day to get your data out. It's so, been gone for a while. So get your data out. Get your data. All right. Like you said, they can keep it. That's better than the I know. guys got, you know, Kim.com or whatever. The... Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> cool. There's copies of that same data on Tumblr and on MySpace and on Blogger and on... <laughs> 
And if you order it via Amazon yesterday, you'll have your data yesterday before you even look for it today. That's right. Now, have you all you guys read the Chrome, the, the Chrome comic book? No. Save that for next week. No, we'll, we'll talk about it next week. Okay, we'll talk about it on the Yats Google Plus community, right? That'll yeah. work. I'll all link right. to it in there. Fantastic. That'll work. Or uh, in the rundown. It, it's, it's actually really, it's, it's really a, yeah, I did put it in the rundown. <laughs> cool. I think we're done. We're done? <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening. Give him the hawk. Su- subscribe in iTunes and check out Ant's Facebook page. I'm totally kidding. Check us out on Google Plus, though, for real. And we got a Twitter account and a Facebook page. And you can find all of these gents on the internet, which we will link to in the show notes next week when Ant gets them to me. So yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thanks, everyone. Good night, you all. Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.